If you've got your Bibles, go to Matthew 6.31. I want to share with you a very important principle today. And hopefully this will help you understand that Christmas, it gets highlighted, but it's not only at Christmas, but at Christmas it gets highlighted, the, the needs of people. Yeah, how much needs uh, people have at Christmas or think they have at Christmas. And it's amazing how many people turn a want into a need. Thank you, Dan. It's amazing how many people can turn a want into a need. Every child asking for toys thinks it needs that toy. But, Dad, I need that toy. I need that doll. I need that whatever it is. And uh, I want to show you today that needs... And lack are two very different things. Matthew 6.31. Matthew 6.31. So don't worry. What does he say? Don't worry. It's a command. Don't worry. What we shall eat. What we shall drink. Or what we shall wear. Prefaced by a don't worry. Hey, is everybody listening? Don't worry. What you're going to eat. What you're going to wear. What you're going to drink. Don't worry. So when God says don't worry, it's because he has a bigger plan and he knows something you don't. Yeah? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as as well. As well. Therefore, don't worry. Don't worry don't worry about tomorrow so we give you two commands there don't worry about what to wear what to eat what to drink don't worry about tomorrow concentrate on today therefore don't worry about tomorrow if for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own I'm going to turn them off because I don't want you to look at them yet. That's the scripture's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, by the way. It's just a slide I used. I'll go back to them in a minute. You're trying to eat the meat before you've had the peas and gravy. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own, and we all say... So this principle of scripture is often misquoted or misunderstood. Very often when people quote this portion of scripture, they quote Matthew 6.33 only. And seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And we often ignore the context of this scripture. The context is not just seek the kingdom. Albeit that's a large part. But you've got to understand why he said seek first the kingdom. Yes? It's not just seek first the kingdom. Understand why he's saying seek first the kingdom. You see, you can't just teach people concepts. You've got to have content and context. Not just an idea. Your idea's got to have weight, substance, Context, context, content, concept last. You can't miss content and context out just to speak to people. It's got a spat then. You cannot do that just so you have an idea to share. 
This is not an idea. This is a principle. So we can't just bypass context and content to get to the concept. The kingdom is not a concept. The, con- the kingdom is a reality. So people don't primary focus on the context and the content of this scripture because the idea is better than the substance and the, and, and the context in some people's minds. Because the idea, you can just leave it, it's out there. But the trouble is you're only giving them one part of the connection. You're not giving them the full picture. So he says this here. The key emphasis he's spoken here is about the behavior and the attitudes of the pagans. See this in this context. The, attitude, the, the context here is about the attitude and the behavior of the pagan. The pagan worries about tomorrow. The pagan worries about what he's going to wear. The pagan worries about what he's going to eat. The pagan worries about what he's going to drink. The pagan is full of worry. Now who's the pagan? The pagan is the unbeliever. But why is most of the body of Christ behaving like pagans? This is the context. Many of you will be worrying about certain things, but your Bible tells you not to. Because who can change anything by worry? So if you want to be like a pagan, running around, worrying, don't call yourself a Christian. Because if your behavior is the same as that lot, then what makes you any different? Oh, the answer is nothing. Well, I've got real needs. Boo-hoo. You as well. What did the Bible, what did he tell us then? Because your father knows what you need. So if your father knows what you need, that doesn't give us an entitlement to worry, to chase what the pagans are doing. Your behavior in the midst of your need has to be different than the pagans. Can you see that? So you need to see this context. Don't ever read, seek first the kingdom of heaven on its own. See it in the context of the pagans and their behavior and their attitude. So if you're the same as them, there's something wrong. He says, don't worry about tomorrow, what you'll eat or what you'll drink. And don't worry about your body. He didn't say, didn't take care of your body. He said, don't worry about your body. Taking care of your body is different than worrying about your body. Taking care is your responsibility. Worrying about your body, you can't change. In fact, you'll only bring your body into more sickness by worrying. But if you take care of your body, that's different than worrying about your body. Can you see that? You know, when you're 25, 30 stone and you're worrying, it's too late to worry. Seriously. If we take care of ourselves... Then we, then we have less worry on our body. Yes? <clears throat> so, your body's more important than clothes. So the point Jesus is making in our lives is this. What you think are your needs are not really your needs. Oi. Your needs are not what you think simply because, listen, sounds like a tongue twister. Break it down. Your needs are not what you really need or what you think they are need. 
Because what you need and what you like are often very two different things entirely. What you need and what you lack are two very different things entirely. And so often we get these two things wrong. I'm going to show you scripturally how these two things have been messed up. If we're going to live and act like the 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 pagans, (laughs) rather than live and act like a behavior, then you'll be known in heaven, but you'll be known in heaven for the wrong things. Because those who run and chase after those things are distinctly marked out and written about in scripture so that you don't follow their behavior. Hello? People who do those things are written about in scripture so that you and I don't follow that pattern. So that you have a different testimony than them. If they get what they get by worry and strife and stress, and you get your things by the same method, then why do you need Christ? You know it's true. You know it's true. If we all get what we need by the same method, then one of us isn't needed. If I'm exactly the same as John, in every way, identical as John, fingerprints, DNA, everything, one of us is not needed. Because God made everything unique. Even though we share DNA that makes us human, we can see he's better looking than me. He is, see? I'll bring my wife out in a minute, we'll contest that one. Beauty's in the heart to be older. And she beholds you, John. That's right. We're different. We're different. So, being concerned about the needs is understandable. Being concerned about your need is understandable. Being concerned about your need is understandable. Worrying about your need is something completely different. Being concerned. I am concerned about some needs that arise in life. And out of that concern, I think about my actions. And I think about the actions that's needed in order to try and rectify some of the concerns I have. But worrying about them can never be one of those actions. Does that make sense? Worrying about a need is not a good action. So... Being driven by a need is completely different. Being driven and focusing on nothing but that need is actually unbiblical and unrighteous. So he says, don't worry about what to wear. Don't worry about what to eat. Don't worry about what to drink. Don't worry about tomorrow. For your father knows what you... The father knows... But very often what your perception of what you need does not measure up to what God knows. Say that again, it's so good. Very often your perception of what you think you need is nothing compared to what the Father knows. Because what the Father knows, he knows because he can see. You don't see, so therefore you get worried about what you can't see. 
Your focus is on what you can't see and what you don't know, where God's focus is on what he does see and what he does know. Worrying about stress and about need will replace your faith. There is no faith in stress. It's not spelt the same. It doesn't sound the same because it isn't the same. Stress is stress. Faith is faith. And need is need. But need is all about perception. How many times have you said to someone, I need that, and then all of a sudden, I don't need it anymore? Needs change. According to perspective, needs change. And there's your problem. Needs change according to people's perspective. And according to other people's actions and interactions. You get this? So let's describe this, the attitude and the focus of the pagan for a minute. Just so we know what side of the fence we should be on and what, fire, what side of the fence we think we might be on. Because if the context of the scripture is, don't be like the pagans, that's the picture, don't be like them. But you, seek first. Right, not just seek first, don't be like them. They don't seek first. They have a different, uh, different system operating inside of them. And it's not good for my children because I've seen the world and it only brings meaningless. Um, should it, was it David? Uh, what was he called? Solomon said, It's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. You can't catch it. So he says to, the, to him, He says this The pagans worry about their bills, their clothes, their food, and their shelter. They are fixed towards guarding what they have. They are fixed towards guarding what they have. They don't share it. They accumulate. And just keep accumulating. Enough is never enough. They worry about their bills. They worry about their clothes. They worry about this. They worry, 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 worry. And so they accumulate their focus on this and nothing more than that. We understand that rent is going up. Bills need to be paid. We are concerned and we think about our actions. But worry and focus on the wrong things is not good for us. The pagan is self-centered by his nature. Are you self-centered by your nature? No, I'm not. Well, check your worry. Check what you worry about. Who you worry about. The pagan is self-centered by their nature as they live with an attitude of me, myself, and I. This is the pagan. Maybe you've met him. Maybe you know who the pagan is. The pagan describes people who are... The pagan is descriptive of a person who is either tall, small, fat, thin, rich, poor, happy, or sad. So we all fall into that bracket. The pagan describes the attitude and the, and the, the behavior and the practices of a person. We've all got those things. Having understood the description, be very careful you don't end up in that category. Mm. At any given month, any given week, any given day, you and I can be act like a pagan. 
And certainly as you, as you come to the end of your days of working and you think about your pensions and you have no more ability to, to bring in another wage packet, life gets tighter. And we worry about pensions and we worry about are they performing well and we worry about all kinds of things and gas is going up and all these things around us are changing but you can't change. Well, what do I do about it? It's a different question. I know what not to do about it, worry. Well, it's natural, maybe to you. That's what the Bible tells us. It's not natural, it should be seek first. That should be the natural posture because he's already told you who can add any, who can change tomorrow? You only get one day. One day to act, one day to think, one day to behave. One day. So the pagan is someone who is obsessed by their own needs. They're driven by their own needs. Every action is governed about them and me and my needs. They never have enough. And do you know what the Bible calls that? A poverty mentality. Because they always function from what they don't have and they think they need. The Bible's already told them, your father knows what you need. Your father knows. It's what you don't know gets you in trouble. It's what you can't see gets you in trouble. The pagan thinks they're respective of what they own. They never have enough. So there is a poverty mentality. Have you noticed with the pagan, he's never got enough money. He's never got enough collateral. He's never got enough pleasure. He's never got enough happiness. There's always another deal to chase. There's always more money to make. There's always more pleasure to be enjoyed. There's always more. Maybe you've met Mr. Pagan. Maybe he lives in a home. Not just near you, maybe he lives in your home. The pagan mentality is what's killing the church. When the, pa- when, the, when the believers act and live like pagans, then we don't have believers anymore. We just have pagans. You look around the church, it's becoming more paganistic, more humanistic. It's becoming like pagans. The, well, that's what happens when you remove the fire of the Holy Ghost out the church. The church turns to the culture of its environment. And the culture of our environment is humanistic, which is a pagan, paganistic perspective. We don't need God, get him out. We can use his holidays, we can use his wisdom when it benefits us, but we don't want him. That's what they do. It's amazing. A guru takes a Bible proverb, writes it in his book, he becomes a millionaire and he's seen as wise. He took something out of the Bible and wrote about it, you stand up and tell them the same principle. Oh, sit down, we don't want to know about it. But because he put it in his book and borrowed our language, our language works. It works in the pagan's book and it works in the Bible. So what do you think you need? Let's go back. This is the breakdown of need. To have, to have something or want something. Anybody ever want something? Yeah? What do you want for Christmas, John? Well, what do we need? Well, I don't need anything. Right then. So you're not having anything for Christmas. Oh no, I want something for Christmas. <laughs> something very much. So let's go. Well, to, have, to have something or to want something very much, most people 
need to feel loved and respected and accepted. The need, that's one definition, another definition. If you say that someone or something needs something else, you mean that they should have it. Well, I need it, that means I must have it. No, 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 because your father knows what you need. Or, if you say that you want something and need something, it might give you an advantage if you get it. Well, when scripture tells you what you really need, it's to give you an advantage. Hello? So when it tells you that you don't worry about money, it didn't say you didn't need money. When it says don't worry about clothes, it says you didn't need clothes. True? When it says don't worry about tomorrow, did it say you're not having a tomorrow, you don't need a tomorrow? No. Because it says plan, build and think with a future. Run with a vision. The vision isn't only today or you won't run very far. <laughs> right. So there is a tomorrow. It says the key emphasis is don't worry about it. So when God speaks to us about our, our true needs, God speaks of what he sees and what he knows. And if we can tap into the kingdom first and know what God should and see what God sees and know what God knows, it will give us advantage and give us leverage. So that our behaviour is not like that of the pagans. And our evidence and our witness shows us that we are people who are not like them. There has to be a distinction. A need can be to do something or the reason for not doing something. I need to speak this morning. You didn't need to speak. You needed to contribute and I needed to contribute. So there were certain needs in this room, but for other people... Here's the key. You didn't see the need to contribute. Where we as a leadership see absolutely the need to contribute. Because if we don't contribute and you just sit there and you don't see its importance, then nothing gets said or done. Can you see that? Now the fact that we need to do this because it's our responsibility in Christ to do this the hard part is, if we can see the need, but you don't see the need, then you've got problems. So you never take advantage of what you do need. Because you don't perceive you need it. Can you see that? So the need to do something, let's go to lack. The fact that something is not available, or that there is not enough of something. So you may not have enough, you may not have enough money at the end of the month. So the need is money, but the lack is you don't have enough. Enough what? Enough to meet the needs. Can you see this? The need is, the need is money, but it's unquantifiable. But the lack is I don't have enough to pay to meet the need. Can you see that? So the fact that something is not available or that is not enough of something, to not have or to not have something wanted. The lack is a condition of not having enough of something, especially something necessary or wanted. These are all dictionary definitions. I didn't write this mumbo-jumbo. Got, got it out of the dictionary. It's not mumbo-jumbo, but it's, it's facts. It's good. It's insightful. But when you bring this into a spiritual context your mind will be blown away. The needs that you have are not always the needs you think you need. If you knew your destiny, 
Let me point this picture to you. If you knew your destiny, and I do say if, if, if you knew why you were born, and I say if, if you understood why you were born in the generation you're born in rather than the generations of history, and if you understood why you live in the city that you live, and you understood why you know the people you know, and why you work where you work, doing the job that you do with the skills that you have, you would begin to see, my friend, that you have different needs than you ever thought you did. If you understood the colour you are, the culture you come from, some people see it as a, as a curse. It's not a curse. Your colour's not a curse. Your culture's not a curse. Everything is going to be used. Everything is going to be used. Where you came from, how you got to where you are, the people you now work with, surround yourself with, everything, if you knew then you would have a different perspective on your needs and your lack. I know I need to be in Manchester. Manchester is the place for me. It's the God-centered place. There's many pl- I need some sun. Or my body lacks some sun. My body lacks a beach. Exactly. My body lacks beautiful countryside air. They're all beautiful things, are they not? But they're not my needs. Everything I need is here. Why? Because I'm, I'm born at the right time. I'm born in the right place. I'm doing the right thing with the right people, trying to get the right results. So when you understand your destiny, you understand that your needs and lacks are two very different things. What brought you out and what's going to take you forward are two different things. What brought you out of darkness, you needed salvation. When you left Zambia, I don't know what your needs were. But your needs are not the same no more. You now have lack. You don't have need. Now, if you understand your destiny, you understand that there is lack in your destiny, not need. I'll show you in a minute. So, John chapter 5, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned, this is the man who was crippled. When Jesus saw him lying there, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When, when the water is stirred while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Now, the man needed a miracle, did he not? Are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? He needed, right. Now, I'm going to use an acronym now, and it's no relation to Andy Duff, because it's called Duff's. And I do not relate to this Andy Duff. I give you an acronym. You might want to write these down because you've all got, you're all full of Duffs. 
So when we say we've got doves in the church, this is what it means. It's not relating to Andy. So here we go. Here's the doves in the church. Are you ready for this? Doves means we've got a church full of doubts, uncertainties, fears, feelings, and suspicions. We've got doubts. We've got uncertainties. We've got fears, feelings, and suspicions. Now you put all those doves in the church and you will act like the pagans. Ooh. Have you got have you got fears, Paul? Yep. Have you got doubts? Yep. Have you got suspicions? Okay. Right. <laughs> have you got them, Tango? You're not sure? Is that a doubt then? You got your suspicions about your doubt. <laughs> we will have these in measure. They'll always be in measure. But when these become the primary emotions in and behaviors of the church, you've got pagan you got paganality. It's not a word, but it is now. <laughs> you got pagan behavior, pagan function. So the thing is, if you seek first, if you seek first, your doubts can be fed by your faith. Yes? Your uncertainties can be brought to an end by the peace that God gives to you. Amen? Your fears, again, are over quashed by the peace that God gives you. Your feelings. Feelings can be put in a line by the word. And suspicions are brought to an end by your faith. Everyone lives with duffs. You'll never see Andy in the same light after this. <laughs> or Paul. <laughs> so he says to the man, this man had the duffs going on. This man had his doubts, his feelings, his uncertainties, his suspicions. And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up the mat and walked. So let me put this to you. Some of you desperately need a healing. But your need is not your healing. Your need is not your healing. Your healing is not what's containing you or limiting you. What you lack is faith. Hello? I can say that confidently. Because I know Jesus is the healer. You never have to ask Jesus for healing because he's appropriated through the blood. So it's an assurance Christ died to break the chains of sickness. We sang about it. Right, so the issue then is pushing into Christ through faith. Because if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, get up and get into the sea. The issue is not the mountain. The need is not the, I need to shift that mountain. No, the need is you lack faith. It's all about perspective. Which side, you, you can focus on your need or you can focus on the lack. If I focus on the lack, I move towards a solution. If I focus on the need, it's a mountain. 
What you lack is the faith to believe to, that God wants you to be healed. Do you really believe God wants you to be healed? And do you really want to be healed? And the reason why I say that is because benefits. Benefits. Well, I lose all my benefits. Well, stay in your sickness then. So don't ever turn around and say, well, I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that. When you like the benefits. If you don't move towards healing, well, what will I do if I don't have, have this? Well, guess what? That's the pagan behavior. Do not worry what you'll eat, what you wear. Well, if I don't get me, me benefits, listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. I'm now reliant upon my benefits, so I'd rather not be well. That can't be right, surely. Or am I missing something? Well, it's all right for you, you're well. How do you know I'm well? I'll tell you what is well, my soul. Some people don't like that. Well, it's all right. You don't live in my situation. We all got a situation going on. You don't live with my wages. There's nothing wrong with my wages, by the way. Why? Because who am I going to measure myself against? Somebody else who's got a lot more than me. You know what? If I measure myself with Phil's Ferrari, (laughs) if I measure myself, if, if he turns up in his Ferrari and I turn up in my little Volkswagen, then guess what? I'm going to think his car is a lot better than mine. But guess what? They both do the same thing. Just not as well, not as fast. (laughs) I tell you what, mine's a lot cheaper to run than his. (laughs) Can you see what I'm saying? Lack is the issue here, folks, not need. Lack. Matthew says, in, thir- in Matthew thirteen fifty eight, Jesus was talking about a prophet in his own town. He says, only in his own town, in his own house, is a prophet without honor. And he did not do many miracles because their lack of faith. Jesus himself could not do the miracles. He was the miracle worker. This is the one who had no problems healing people. But he could not, his own gifting, his own sovereignty was limited by the lack of faith inside people. Wow. The man says, I've, had, I've been here for so many years, I've got no one to help me in. So when the answer comes, do you want the answer? When, you want the, when the answer's given to you, do you really want the answer or do you want to keep using excuses why you can't be healed? Function from lack, not need. It's a different mentality altogether. Because I can turn around and say, Lord, show me what I lack. What do I lack, O Lord, to fix this? Show me, Lord, and I'll work with your word. Rather than me keep saying, need, 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 need. No, Lord, show me what I lack. So I can grow. So I can change. So I can come to where your word is. It's a completely different attitude, folks, when you come from lack. You know, you might need me to play the piano, but I lack the ability to want to play it. You can have the best teachers here. I don't want to play it. (laughs) But you need to. We need you. But I don't want. I have the lack. I lack the need to want to play it. 
So until you can deal with my lack, we can't supply the need. There's a lesson here. When I saw this the other day, my eyes opened, I thought, whoa, Lord, thank you for showing me this. Now I have some solutions to go into prayer. Rather than me just saying, Lord, I need, 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 I need. Now I can start looking, Lord, show me what I like. Fix me, Lord, because I'm 90% of the problem half of the time. Don't say, yeah, I'm not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew 26. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Oy, you're in for trouble now. He returned to the disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch for one hour? How, how long? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Everybody get the rule here? Watch and pray so you won't fall into You get that? Then he says, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now it's called an education. He's given him an education. He went a second time and prayed, my father, is it not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink? May your will be done. And by the way, can you keep that rabble awake? No, he doesn't say that part. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Right. Two strikes. Grace, mercy, truth is coming. He went back again and he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away and more and prayed. So each time Jesus is doing the work of the kingdom, he's praying. Yeah? Saying, he went away and prayed the third time saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look. The hour is near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go here, because my betrayer has come. So, here we see the need and the lack. What was the need? The need was, they, they thought they needed sleep. They needed rest, and they needed relaxation because their eyes were heavy. They were tired. Oh, dear, dear, dear me. They've been with Jesus all day, so why are they more tired than him? What they lacked was not sleep. What they lacked was resistance against temptation. See this. He tells them, don't sleep because temptation's coming. It wasn't keep awake, son, on its own. It was temptation's coming and you need to stay awake so you can resist it. The need was not sleep. The lack was they didn't have the willpower to resist temptation. Hmm. Now where does that put you and me in this relation? There are opportunities that Christ gives you and I, but you've got to stay awake. You've got to stay awake to embrace God's opportunities. If every time it's time to go to work, if every time, listen, if it's every time it's time to go and pray and you want to go to sleep, 
something has got to change. If every time, have you noticed, every time you want to pray, your mind gets filled with something you need to do. Yes. So, did you need to do that? No. What you lacked was the resistance to, sorry, the, the ability to resist the temptation to say no. But I'm tired. It's amazing. Dark sleep comes upon us when we want to pray. And the, and the enemy is closer than you think. And the enemy is coming to crucify you. Your betrayer is a lot closer than you think. And you betray yourself by not getting up and resisting the temptation. Res- submit to God. How do we do that? Prayer. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the temptation. The temptation is to listen to your body. Read your word. Nah, nah, nah. Such and such a program's coming on. I'll read my word later. So you'll watch the program, you're feeling, oh, I'll read it on the bus in the morning. And then you think, can't get me a Bible out now. I'll look a bit of a wally if Jimmy's sat, sat at him and he sees me reading me, me Bible. So you never read the Bible. Well, I'll pray on the way to work, but you don't pray in the work because it starts raining. And you're miserable on the way to work. <laughs> All these excuses came. And you did not resist the temptation to say no. So your lack, your need is not what you thought it was. Your, your lack is what's hurting you, not your need. Well, I need a good night's sleep before I can pray. No, 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 no. What you need is to develop your lack. If you don't get into the spirit, no one's doing it for you. If you understood what you lack, then you'll move towards developing your lack and your need will be met because you develop your lack. It's amazing. My need is always what somebody didn't give me, what somebody's withheld from me, what somebody did to me, what somebody said to me. No, but your lack is you can't get up and overcome. Think about lack, not need. This will help you. Christ is in your flesh. He lives inside of me. So I have the power to resist. I don't always have the will. He's inside of me. I know he's inside me. For greater is he that is in me. It's great when it's a phrase. But when the reality comes to you, not my will, Lord, but your will, that's what Jesus said. Not my will, O Lord, but your will be done. Here's Jesus in the greatest crisis of his life and these bozos are asleep. Three times. Not once. Once you could have forgiven him. You could have forgiven him. Twice. You could have maybe given him a tongue lashing. Three times they want shooting. What you lack, boys, is Stamina. Spiritual stamina to pray in the moment you need to pray. Oi. Help me overcome my lack of stamina, Lord. He says, okay. Do you, want to be, do you want to overcome your lack of stamina? Yeah. Stand up and start praying. And as you start up praying, as you start praying, I'll give you the grace and I'll give you the strength as you're doing it. But don't sit there and expect something just to fall on you 
I want an action, and with your action, I'll work with your action. Your destiny needs your body. Your destiny needs your body. And it needs you to pray about those things that your destiny needs. And it needs you to pray about those things that you lack. It needs you. But if you're asleep and complaining that the job you're doing, you're always tired, maybe you might need to change that job. Because you're always functioning from your need. Start working, what, what, Lord, what does my destiny need? What does my destiny lack? There's a good question. What does my destiny lack? Well, right now, Tony, it lacks a man of character. It lacks a man of substance. I didn't say I needed it. He said it lacks it. I lack a man who can walk with me and work with me and stand on the word and claim the word. You don't have that in you enough. It's in you, but not enough. That's why it's a lack. Lack deals with what I do have, but I don't have enough of. Lack deals with what I don't have enough of, but I have something of, but it's not enough. So I have prayer, but it's not enough. I have character, but it's not enough. I have money, but it's not enough. I have a house. Well, that's enough. According to my destiny, I need to develop my lacks. Because my lack, and the trouble is, if you don't have a destiny, you'll only ever look at what you consume. Your house, your clothes, your food. Your destiny can't be around your consumables. Think about it. Where are you going in life? Where are you going in life will reveal what you have lack of. I have a lack of faith. I have a lack of the supernatural. I have a lack of trust in God. I have all those lacks, yes, just like you. I have some of those duffs going on. So if I've got lack, I need to work on those lacks. Rather than being lackadaisical, I need to work on my lack. You think... Your thinking will very often lead you into trouble. And your thinking will lead you in towards, towards temptation. That's what you've got to resist. So have you got thoughts? Yes. So you don't lack thoughts. You lack the right thoughts. Yeah? What about your emotions? Ooh. They are the things that's going to unseat you every time. Your own emotions will unseat you and unseat your position in God, your position in your your peace in your own life. It will unseat everything around you and everyone around you if you don't get those emotions into alignment. So, Lord, what do I lack? Well, read the Bible, read the fruits of the Spirit. What do I lack? Patience. Hmm. Self-control. Whoa! You have a measure of self-control. It's what you lack. It's the other bit you need, you lack. So Lord, show me how to develop what I lack. Because you have got an element of self-control. When you're eating and you feel full, you say no more. That's self-control. Unless you're a glutton. Well, I'll just open up that third stomach. No. Now you lack self-control. 
close it. Take what you need, not what you want. Emotions. Well, I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure. So you've got the doves going on. Your mouth. What about another one? Your mouth. Your mouth always gets you in trouble. Your mouth has to be resisted. Using your mouth. Let the silence do the heavy lifting. You don't have to, be, you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to. Your mouth is a spade that digs the hole. That digs your hole. And it digs. Sometimes it can dig you out of trouble. And it can dig you in trouble. Don't let your spade be the spade that digs somebody else's hole. Resist the temptation. Resist temptation to open your mouth. Oh, it's hard. It just found these words coming out. Before you know it, slime is all over the room. And you've just had, what's that movie? Uh, the Ghostbusters. You've just had a different ghost come in. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. What about your self-interest? They have to be resisted. Why? Because I no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Really? Yes. I mean, I've got to deny myself. Yes. I mean, I've got to resist some stuff. Yes. They never told me that in a small print. Well, read the, read the terms and conditions. It's all the way through the Bible. Well, no one ever told me that. Well, no, I'm telling you. Remember this word lack. The fact that something is not available. Or that it's not enough of something. Do we all have lack in this room? Yeah. Do we all have need? Yeah. And does your need change? Yeah. Right. But your lack always remains until it's developed. So John says this, sorry, James verse 1 to 5 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom. So we've seen faith. We've seen lack of, the lack of resistance towards temptation. I can go all the way through scripture. There's tons and tons of this stuff. I just picked a few out today. Let's look at the lack of wisdom. Anybody lack wisdom? Anybody lack wisdom? It's a question I'm asking you. Anybody lacks wisdom? Wisdom. So what does he say? He should ask God. I don't know anybody who ever said, I want wisdom. They, didn't, they asked Santa Claus for wisdom. You ask God for wisdom because of your lack. You have got the wisdom of God inside of you, but you need wisdom. From God, more wisdom. So he says this, if, any, um, if anyone of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to, without, without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. He must believe and not doubt. So what's the, what's the lack? The lack is wisdom. But his own doubt, the duffs, Kick in and undo what he's got a measure of. And they suppress even the smallest measure of amount from actually being increased. The woman in the house had a little oil and he said, collect. Go and collect the oil. But I only have enough and after that we're going to die. No, darling, I know what you lack and I know what you need. And as you gather, 
as you gather, she gathered, and she gathered all the oil, and it was more than enough to supply her need. So you've got to gather the, what you, you have, you've got to gather with the little you have. So with the little wisdom you have, you have to keep gathering and gathering and gathering and gathering until you have enough to supply more than your need, but you can supply the needs of others and the lacks of others. So as a pastor, I know that we need a lot of things as a, as a house, but I also, we have, I also know we, we have a lot of lack. So when I go to Malaysia, I go because of my lack. And out of that lack, God supplies to me so I can come to the house and supply the lack and the needs in the house so that we have more than we need. So that when we begin, when our voice goes over the airways and goes into other nations, we supply others from out of what we built up. But we gathered the little we had and used the little we had. And as we gathered and used it, God supplied to us more. So we no longer function in that area out of lack. We now have sufficiency. Because the God who is generous listens to those who believe and moves towards the action. And God supplies to those people who move in that way. So he says, if you lack wisdom, he should ask God. He didn't say the pastor. Ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to him or to her. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Blown and tossed about by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does. All because he doubted. Many of us know that we lack things in our life. But when was the last time you asked God for wisdom? We go, we choose a career, we choose a wife, we choose a house, we choose a lot of things. But when did we ever say, Lord, I'm not doing anything until you give me wisdom? Wisdom is what builds a house. Your lack of wisdom sees you doubt, complain, mistrust, slander, accuse, and enter into double-mindedness. You've got the duffs going on. He's got a dose of the duffs. Have you got a dose of the duffs? And as a result, the more you live with your dose, high dosage of duffs, you become tossed around by the wind. Because your double-mindedness is like a wave, an uncertain wave, rather than a peaceful, tranquil waters. It's like a wave, and it tosses you about from opinions to opinions. And it's a clear evidence that you have no wisdom of how to process and activate and build your own life and your thinking. The Bible says, why should we lack anything? Why should we expect anything if with this lack... Is not dealt with inside. Why should we expect anything if we do not deal with this lack that's inside? In other words, if you don't deal with the lack of wisdom, you'll always have the lack. 
and you'll always have insufficiency to do what you need to do to get you to where you need to go. But you've got to understand your destiny. You've got to have a sense of where God is, what God is doing with your life. Do you know when you lack wisdom, do you know the next place it takes you when you lack wisdom? You go into exile. When you lack wisdom, you will end up in a place called exile. This is the severity of lacking wisdom. When you don't think you need wisdom, there's a problem. When you lack wisdom and you don't do anything about it, there still is a problem. Either way, there's a problem. And you will end up into exile and God will allow you to go into exile because you refuse to acknowledge what you lack and move towards it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Exile can mean someone being kept away or someone sent away from their country because of political or religious reasons. We know one definition of an exile. He's been exiled because of his political or religious reasons. So they had to get him out of the country, herd out the country. But exile, when you're sent into exile, spiritually, you're left to your own delusions. God hands you over to your own delusions. And self-delusion is the result of you not listening. It's the result of you not submitting. It's a result of you not watching. Do you remember what he told the disciples? Watch and pray. It's, it's a conclusion of you not observing and not understanding the lessons that God's trying to teach us. So when you refuse, when you go through that list, you submit, you won't surrender, you ignore, you overlook, you shun up, you shy away from, you resist, and you fail to understand the lessons that God's trying to teach you, God will allow you to, he'll exile you in the desert and let you wander around until a different sound comes from you. He did it with Israel. Are you any different? So let me come down, bring this thing to an ending. You feel and you think that your need is vindication. But you lack understanding. You feel and you think you need to be heard. You lack humility and graciousness. It's what you lack, not what you need. You feel and you think that your need is you are really misunderstood. But what you lack is perception and insight. You think you need, your needs should be met. You lack perspective, maturity and character. You think your needs give you a sense of entitlement. You lack self-sacrifice, patience and trust. Stop asking about what you need. Stop demanding others to meet your need. Stop complaining about your needs and start asking, Lord, what do I lack? You can develop me from my lack, O oh God. And as you develop me from my lack, what does my marriage need? Or what does it lack? 
Well, I need him to start listening to me. I need her to stop doing that. Or, I lack trust. I lack the ability to listen. I lack the ability to learn, to understand, to see it from their point of view. When you look from lack, lack is a much more intelligent, spiritual response. The world and the pagans work from need. Those who seek the kingdom approach Christ from what they lack and say, Lord, deal with the lack. Because if you deal with the lack in me, we'll we'll fix the need. Some of you are not ready for some of the things that you think you need. Why? Because until you deal with the lack, you'll never enter into what you need. Hear, hear, hear what the Lord is saying this morning. You wonder why the door has been shut for a long time. Lord, I need this better job. And the Lord says, I know what's behind the door. And you don't have what you think you've got for that job. You lack, my friend, you lack. See, because when we work from our need, we always think we're being denied. Someone's against us. But no, it takes a man of wisdom to get to the other side and say, okay, Lord, search me and know me. Test my heart. See if there's any offensive way within me. That's lack. Can you not see this? Here's a Christmas cracker for you. Isaiah 5, verse 13. Therefore, my people will go into exile. Therefore, my people will go into exile. Why? For lack of understanding. Their men of rank will die of hunger. And their masses will be parched with thirst. So notice what we see because of lack of understanding. We see exile, we see hunger, and we see thirst. Oh, aren't they the very things he told us not to worry about? Aren't they the very things that Matthew 6 told us not to worry about? What you will wear, what you will eat, what you will drink. And yet, these very people are in exile, and these are the things they don't have, because they run around like pagans. Mm. therefore my people my people whose people God's people so don't think you're any different my people go into exile because of lack of understanding and when you have lack of understanding you have lack of perspective you see things from your side not as they really are If a door is closed, you need a door open to see what's behind the door. God knows. God sees what you lack. You think what you need. But God sees what you lack. Can you see this? You might need finance. But what you lack might be the inability to work and stay consistent. You might need a job, but your your lack is you don't have a work ethic. And you have an entitlement mentality. Well, there's a problem. You might need a job, but your real lack is you, you... You might need a job, but your real lack is you don't have the skills for the job you're applying for. Well, that's a, that's a realistic reason why somebody should say no. 
if I'm looking for a specific skill and you don't have it, it's not that you got overlooked and nobody didn't like you or listened to you. It's that you don't qualify for what we're advertising. You might have a poor attitude. You might have a, poor, you might have a bad history of poor attitude. And you'll sing, well, I've got, I need this job. Yeah, but you lack a good attitude. Hmm. If you look hard enough at your needs, just round the corner, you'll see what you really lack. You know, this is a wisdom message we're preaching today. This will set so many of you free if you can grab this. And if you don't grab it, you're going to go to exile. Because scripture's just declared where exile is. So the last scripture, 2 Peter 1.3. Now it's going to sound a, a, a contradiction, but I'll clear that up in a minute. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his great precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruptions in the world caused by evil desires. So can you, do you not read like I read in here that God's given you everything you need? So why work from your needs? Why would you work from your needs if it's giving you everything you need? So it stands to reason, wisdom says, there's got to be a different way of getting my needs met. Maybe I might have to start working from my lack. What is it I lack? Is it an attitude? Is it trust? Is it faith? Is it belief? Is it word? Is it the promises? What do I lack, O oh God, revealed to me? Because you've just told me you've given me everything for life and godliness. And now Matthew 6 is telling me not to worry about what you've given me. And if I, if I lack understanding, my lack of understanding will take me into exile and I'll be thirsty and I'll be hungry and my clothes will wear out and the very thing that you tell me not to worry about will be the very thing I'm worrying about. Yeah? So, notice he says, he's giving you life, he's giving you everything you need through our knowledge. And where there's knowledge, there must be understanding. And where there's understanding, there must be insight and where there's insight there must be wisdom everything starts from knowledge our knowledge of him right out of my knowledge of him i now need some wisdom understand sorry understanding insight and wisdom so if anybody lacks wisdom what should they do ask and what should they do then believe and if they doubt and they believe instead if they doubt and unbelief they'll become like a wave tossed in two so you see how these scriptures mix together? If you've been given anything, you've been given lack. And lack is what God uses to develop your character and your maturity and your wisdom. It's not your need. He gives you faith to meet your need. Need is always attached to lack. And lack is always attached to need. Let's rise to our feet. <coughs> I could have used many more scriptures. He says to the, the rich man, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. I gave us out of my needs. And Jesus says to him, one thing you lack. Go and sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. Wow. 
You see, you might need money, but you lack graciousness. You lack the ability to part with what, the little you've got. Oy. So when the offering comes round, now if I was in certain churches now, this would be a great opportunity for the pastor to take up an offering and, and, and bleed the cow a bit more just to show them, no, 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 we don't need to bleed the cow. If you need money, the best way to show whether your heart is, it's not, it's not about getting more money, it's about what your heart is fighting for and holding on to. Graciousness and giving money away is a gracious spirit that says, out of the little I've got, I'll give. So your heart is not ruled by money, so therefore, money's not an issue. But when you say, well, I've only got this, and you know, well, what about us? That's the pagans. This is a good, this is a good message. This is a wise word to us. Wisdom should speak. And wisdom, by wisdom, she's built a house. I didn't read the scripture to you. I'm not going to read it now. That moment's gone. You lack that scripture, but I've got it. So raise your hands if you will. And I want you to be very serious for a minute and say, Father, if wisdom comes to me like it is doing today, then Father, I need a different approach to meeting my needs. My need is not my need. My need is my lack. What I lack and what I lack, oh God, will lead me to the need. But if, it's, if, but if, if the lack is always in me, you can never meet the need because I still lack. I will always lack even though I get my needs so I don't win. I want my needs to be met but my lack to be dealt with. So just go before the Lord now and just say, Father, thank you for the wisdom. Wisdom builds its house. And Father, you're giving me a a true principle this morning of how to build my life. I don't want to be like the pagans. I don't want to run around worrying and being concerned. Chasing everything. Feeling that someone's got more than me. They don't like me. They've held it back from me. He's more favourable than I am. That's a rat race. You'll run yourself into a hole. You're digging yourself a hole. Father, show me what I lack. He said to the rich man, one thing you lack. Show him, show me, oh God, not just the one thing, but the many things I lack. And I'm going to pray from this day on, oh God, every time I have a need, I'm going to ask you, Lord, I'm going to approach you from the lack perspective, not just from the need. Holy Spirit, thank you for showing us this word. Oh, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for wisdom. Father, I pray for the wisdom that's been given this morning. And Father, I thank you for using my mouth. I thank you for using it, Lord, like a river flowing out of me, oh God, that you've given your people this wisdom. Lord, I pray that this wisdom holds them and it will build this house. It will build the houses of all those here, oh God. Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, to seal this word in the lives of your people. And Father, that from this day on, oh God, our lives, this church will not reflect the behaviour of the pagans. In fact, get this message out wherever 
You feel people will benefit from this message. Get this message out to people. Get them to listen to the podcast. Send it out on your Facebook this week. Say, listen to this message. Need versus lack. And get this message out. Why? Because it's a wise word. We don't want our people to be in exile. Hello? We don't want our people to live in exile. We want our people to be blessed and build God-centered lives. Amen? Don't be blown around by the, by the wind. But build strong. Amen? Amen? The Lord bless you.